my, my, my. My, my, my. Thank you, Brother Bass, for following the Holy Ghost. And we've, we're already out in the solar system. We're out of critical mass. We're out of, we're out of the forces of gravity. We're just, we're, we've got direction, but we're moving. We're moving beyond in Jesus' name. Praise God. Our very first speaker this morning is no stranger to Summit. Um, in fact, anywhere where the word of God is being preached among a separate and godly people, you will probably see the entire Millington family. And uh, when I say the entire Millington family, I want to tell you, I love every single one of the members of the Millington family. They are godly. They're the real thing. They are the devil's worst nightmare. And uh, it's great to have Sister Millington and the boys are here, uh, Nathan and Johnny and their wives and children and we're just delighted to have them uh, brother millington and sister millington have been in leduc alberta canada if you don't know where that is it's right below edmonton um, alberta canada for five years and i had the privilege of being there several years ago both my wife and i were there to preach and i want to tell you the power and the glory was in that place the power and the glory was in that place they're doing a tremendous work for God. And so I want to welcome uh, Brother Frankie Millington. Would you stand with us? Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord for the man of God. God bless Brother Millington. Come on, let's give that to the one and only. Let's give that to the one and only. His name is Jesus. Come on, give it up to him. Hallelujah, your eyes are not on me, but your eyes ought to be on the Lord God Almighty. Give him the praise. Give him the honor. Give him the glory that is due unto his name right now. He is worthy. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He's the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Come on, give him the glory. Oh, come on, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I count it an honor and a privilege to stand behind this sacred desk and to preach to you God's word. I'm so thankful for great friends like Brother Mayo that has been a very great help and inspiration to us. I thank God for all the brethren that have impacted my life over the many years. Thank God for my belated pastor. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Amen. I thank God for my, my wife. She was the one that, that won me to God. And the unfair thing about it is that after she won me, uh, God called me to be her pastor. (laughs) 
she she wasn't as a woman that did never never cave in with the word of god in fact it's going to take one minute to give a little bit of history we began dating when we were in high school and uh we migrated after high school she went to to canada i went to england and she she got saved uh, at a time after high school we 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 were engaged and um, after she got saved her pastor told her according to the word of god that we are unequally yoked and she she had to break the relationship off now i i i was a guy i was brought up under this anglicanism stuff so i didn't know anything about pentecost so when she told me that the relationship is off i thought what kind of a cult are you in I said, after all the good that I have done for you, girl, you're going to turn your back on me now? And her words were, you just don't understand. God is first in my life. However, I was determined. I don't care how much God she serve. I'm going to get her. So while I was in England, I bought all the postcards I can find. I directed them to her, to my loving wife, to my future wife. I still love you and I was relentless. The day came that I was supposed to I was in just living in England. I just felt moved to Canada. It was a prophecy that my belated pastor made that when she obeyed the Lord. Hear me carefully. When she obeyed God, then her obedience opened up the door for my salvation. Glory to God. <laughs> I left England, came to Canada. God directed me to the to the church and we began to pray when she came in pastor Neil was there she says let's pray and I saw when he said let's pray I am accustomed to this sort of a hands clasp and bow the knees sort of thing but she just took off Jesus I love you Jesus I and I thought my god I am in a if it, this is a cult she just proved it But I tell you, in a matter of few minutes, I received the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And I have no regrets living for God. It's been joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. And I thank God for the privilege thank God for my two good sons Jonathan and Nathan I, I love them dearly for my daughters Emma and Twyla my grandsons Ju uh, Judah Simon I love them I told people don't mess with my boys because they are my first converts that's right before I can win anyone to God, I first must win my family to God. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, let's get into the Word of God. Brother Mayor, thank you for this opportunity. Let's get into the Word of God in the book of Joshua chapter 22. We'll be reading from verses 26 to 27 and then we'll go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and we'll read verse 12. Let's begin from Joshua chapter 22, verse 26 to 27. Therefore, we said, let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering, not for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us that we might do the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings, that your children, everybody say your children, that your children may not say to our children in time to come, ye have no part in the Lord. Tell you, God forbid, in time to come, that one should look at our future generation and say to them, you don't look like Pentecost anymore. Hmm. I said, God forbid that that day would ever come. That one can look at our generations and say, you don't look like what your forefathers used to be like. But I pray that as we pass on this baton, hallelujah, from generation to generation, that we will not afraid to pass on the truth, hallelujah, that God has revealed unto us. Glory to God. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And we will read in verse 12. The Bible says, for we wrestle not. Let's all read that together so we know that it's there. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's lift our heads, our hands unto the Lord our God. Let us begin to pray. And as you pray, can you, you direct your hands towards this pulpit, this sacred desk. And let's pray that God's will will be done. Let's pray that God will give us utterance here today. Come on. Come on. Lift your voice high. Lift it high unto the Lord God. Father, we need you. Father, we stand in awe of you. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's not by strength. But it's by your spirit God we are dependent in you let my lips move only at the impulse of your spirit I pray God that you will have your way in whatever you desire to accomplish amongst us so God let it be done hallelujah I love you God I give you praise come on can you put your iPads iPhone problems down 
and give a round of applause unto the Lord your God. Come on, give him a hand. As Brother Odom always say, if you're going to clap your hands, do it in excellence. Do it with it. Yes, do it in excellence. Do it as unto your God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You can be seated. The Lord has given me specific instructions as how to conduct this. This preaching for the next few moments. And I will allow, allow me to set a precedence by saying to you that focus your attention on Jesus. We are about to step out onto troubled waters here today. And if you keep your eyes on the water, you're just going to miss the miracle that Jesus is about to do around here. (laughs) But if you keep your eyes on the King of Kings, you're not going to miss it. Let me begin by saying that where there is an altar built unto God, There is a sacrifice and there is death that gives birth to spiritual life. I'm preaching to you from the uh, subject, uh, the witness between us. The witness between us. The ingathering of souls God has for His church is worth every altar that we have built. Every altar that we are building. And every altar that will be built. Hear me carefully. Building altars are our sword's tip. As long as we continue to fervently frequent the altars we have built unto our God, we will stand taller on our knees than we are on our feet. Building altars will afford you and I greater spiritual advancement in our cities than our natural persona can. The sword step we are hoping for in our cities will be determined by our desire to continually preach the truth. The sword step And its piercing ability will be determined by the effect of our altars and our willingness to enter into spiritual warfare. (laughs) 
And then the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, spiritual dominion is there for those who desire it. And in my prayer, I began to ask the Lord, I said, why can't we have a constant gathering of souls? And the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, we can't do it without his spirit. Glory to God. We're going somewhere. The man Christ Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He made a statement. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And if we, if we don't possess God's spirit upon us, then we will not have the revival that we're hoping to have. And I want to pitch tent there for a little bit. We need to understand that if we're going to have revival, it's not by our own persona. Thank God for education, but it's not degrees that is going to bring souls in. Are you hearing me carefully? Hallelujah. Come on. We got to realize that it is only by the spirit of the living God that we are going to see that increase that we are hoping for. Glory to God, you can be seated for a moment. When the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, that which was in the mind of God materialized. If God's spirit is not moving in our cities, then we're not going to have the revival that we're looking for. We've got to pray. Can I say that again? We must pray and intercede and ask God for the move of his spirit in our city. The Lord spoke to my heart as I began to pray. He said, they cannot do it without the spirit of the Lord being upon them. He says, if this doesn't possess them, then the spirit of the devil will. And it will fight against the building of my kingdom. But he said, it will not prevail. He says, those that fight against my will eventually will be replaced and be destroyed. He says, but my kingdom will live on. (laughs) 
say to somebody here, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Somebody here needs to connect with Jesus. But not only connect with Jesus, you need to connect with your pastor. I say you hear the word of the Lord. You need to first connect with Jesus and then connect with your man of God. Oh, glory to God. Your spiritual maturity depends upon that connection. And preaching about the weakness between us. A weakness is one whose testimony is an accurate account of the original event. It's a testimony, hear me carefully, that is not altered or seasoned with unnoticed distortion. Hoping to gain the acceptance of the masses. We are not building God's kingdom for the acceptance of the people in our city. We are building it that God can be pleased with the sacrifices that we have made. Except the Lord build the city, the labor in vain that build it. Let me carry on some more. If your life is a witness of change, then what story are you telling? If we are called to be the light of the world, then whose light and what light are you illuminating? (laughs) If we are called to be the salt of the earth, then whose life are you preserving? Going forward as the church, we must possess strong convictions of these two factors. Number one, we are the S-O-N lit church. We are the S-O-N like church. And if we're going to build a church, let's build it according to the pattern that has been revealed unto us. Hear me carefully. This conviction that we are the sunlit and sun-like church, this conviction lies at the basis of all of our missionary work. If once we begin to doubt in our minds and heart about these convictions, if once we begin to think that men in our city don't need what we've got, if once we begin to think that what we have is no longer necessary. Then let me say this to you. Goodbye to your missionary zeal. If we begin to question 
what we've got. We will soon begin to ask ourselves the question, to what purpose is this stand? But the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, stand fast, stand, I want you to stand in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be ye not entangled in the yoke of bondage. Uh-huh. I'm preaching to you the weakness between us. And the first witness between you and me is by the truth. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Joshua chapter 20, 21 verses 43 to 45. The Bible says, And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers. And they possessed it. And dwelt therein. Verse 44. And the Lord give them rest round about. According to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man. Of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered their enemies. Into their hand. There failed not. Out of any good thing. Which the Lord. Had spoken. Unto the house of of Israel hear me carefully all came to pass all came to pass hallelujah somebody needs to say with God all things are possible Oh, come on. You didn't hear what I just said. I said, with God, with God, with God, all things are possible. Come on, somebody shout it out with me. With God, all things are possible. Glory to God. My God, I feel my helper coming in here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said that to remind you, to remind you, all of you who are in this church, every prophetic word that came from this pulpit, I'm here to tell you, God is going to bring it to pass. Well, thank you for that rousing response. We've got to remember that God is not like man, that he shall lie. That when God speaks a word, he does not have resource, but he is the source. (laughs) Come on, don't judge God by your pocketbook. Your pocketbook is limited, but God is unlimited. Come on, somebody. 
Hear what I'm saying. I said, your pocketbook is limited, but God is unlimited. Glory to God. You may be seated. We're going somewhere. Joshua chapter 21 and verse 36. The Bible says, And out of the tribe of Reuben, Bezer, with her suburbs, and Yehazah, with her suburbs. Joshua 21 verse 38 to 39. And out of the tribe of Gad, Ramoth in Gilead, with her suburbs, to be a city of refuge for the slayer. And Mahanaim with her suburbs. Heshbon with her suburbs. God was fulfilling a promise. And he said, I will give to my people. I want that to take root deep down in your spirit. Many times we have, in fact... We have forgotten many times uh, the exhortations uh, that came to us uh, from this pulpit or the pulpit where you reside uh, that the Lord said uh, that he will do. Uh, Don't judge God by your circumstances. If you're ever going to judge God, judge him by his word. Judge him by the word that is forever settled in the heavens. Judge him by the word that says, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the things whether I have sent it. Come on, let's worship him for a moment. Come on, let's worship him for a moment. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's dig deep here. Because God is going deeper with you. The Lord already told me. He says, I will come down. I will walk up and down among my people. I will demonstrate my power and my authority among them. And I will show myself strong on their behalf. Glory to God. Now sit down for a moment. What I'm going to say from here on in, please pay close attention before any emotional reaction. God is not giving us spiritual dominion over the Northwest. I thought so. God has already given us spiritual dominion over the Northwest. (laughs) 
Some of you ain't getting the message. Some of you ain't hearing what I said. God is not in the process of, of giving. We think, when we say giving, we mean that we have not yet received it. But I'm giving you message from the word of the Lord. God has already given us dominion over the Northwest. I would like us right now for one minute to worship God with the belief that we have already received it. Step in, step into it. warriors come on warriors step in and take take what God has already given unto you Can you see it? Angels has already been dispatched. Are you hearing me? I said, can you see it? Angels has already been dispatched. And they're already in position for the onslaught of a growing church. Somebody says mine. Somebody says mine. Don't say that because I say it. Say it because you believe it. It's mine. <laughs> Glory to God. You can be seated for a moment. My God. The power of God, uh, uh, he is here. I tell you, he is here. He says, I will come and I will walk up and down amongst my people. 
and I will show myself strong on their behalf. He is here. From here on in, when the Holy Ghost moves in you and he says shout, it doesn't matter what I'm preaching, you get up and shout. You hearing what I'm saying? When the Holy Ghost... When he says shout, you shout. Why we shout? For the Lord has given you the city. Hallelujah. You see there for a moment. I want you to understand what God is about to say to you. Time is a measurable period during which an action exists from present to future. What we have is an open door to the Northwest. But I hadn't when I prayed for you, the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, when you stood in your pulpit and declared that you're going to have revival, he says, there were devils that stood by and they said, ha, 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 ha. He thinks he can have revival, then we're going to show him that you can't. But the Lord God says, he says, he has already gone before you. Come on. It's yours. It's yours. It's It is yours. Hallelujah. And I begin to pray and I say, God, I say, God, what time are you really zeroing in on? And he said, we as the church, it is our time to step into this kind. Mark 9 and verse 29. When the disciples could not cast that spirit out. They came to the Lord privately. And they asked, Master, why couldn't we have done this? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. (laughs) And the Lord began to speak to my heart more. He said, too much of my people... 
are walking around the peripheries of this kind. <coughs> he says, I'm tired of seeing them walking around looking at this kind. He says, it is time for them to stop looking at this kind and step into this kind. Come on, we need to step into the avenue that God is calling us into. Glory be to God. It is time for this kind. It's time for this kind in our cities, in our churches. We need to step into it. I said we need to step into it. We've only got a moment of time. And we need to step into this thing. Hallelujah. Come on church. We need to step into it. Glory to God. A lot of the miracles that I've seen and witnessed. Most of them were done on the streets. And I want to tell you, it's not everybody that I've prayed for on the streets and see God work a miracle. They are in church, but I got news for them. They're coming. I said, they're coming. Glory to God, they are coming. Because they will remember the day when they were in need and the doctor couldn't help them. The accountant couldn't help them. But Jesus stepped in. You're not hearing me. I said, Jesus stepped in and he worked miraculously in their bodies. I must hurry on can be seated the church has already been equipped with weapons of warfare he said and the lord began to speak to my heart no more he says the difference is some tools are still in the box and some are in the hands of my laborers i'll leave that there let's go further joshua 21 verse 25 and out of out of the half tribe of Manasseh, Tanakh with her suburbs, and Gathriman with her suburbs, two cities. God has given them what he has promised. The area that they had in, uh, inherited was called Transjordan, which was on the east. And the other area that the other saints, the other Israelites inherited was called Cisjordan, which was on the west. Now hear me carefully. The sons of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh, when they got when they, when they inherited the land and Joshua said to them, now it's time for you to go back and inherit the land that Moses gave to you. They came to the suburbs right at the end of Jordan and they thought, wait a minute, we are going to be living on that side Jordan. The rest of Israel are living on this side Jordan. They said, I don't want in time to come that these on this side, Jordan, will sit to my generation on this side that you have no part with God. And so they thought, we are going to build an altar. 
we are going to build an altar. What they were saying is that despite our inheritance, we still want to be connected to the body. And so as a witness that they belong to God and the servants of the one true God, they built a great altar. They wanted to show their connection to the rest of the Israelites who lived on the west side of Jordan. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing to link up with your brother? What efforts are you, have you employed to stay connected with your church, with your pastor, and with your brethren? This is the part that the Lord weighed heavily on my spirit. And he says, don't you add anything to what I gave you? He says, don't you take away anything that I gave you. I want you to say it just as I give it to you. I said, okay, God. That, that part called Cis Jordan and Trench Jordan. Trench Jordan was doing everything to stay connected. So they built an altar. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 22 verse 25. He says, for the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you. They look at their situation. They see there is a border here called a river. And we can't get connected with our brethren on the other side. And we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that we are still brethren. And you know what they did? They built an altar. The Lord began to speak to my heart the more. He says the one thing that will tear down any indifference between my people, he says, is an altar. Glory to God, I want you to know that when I rise from my altar, I don't see this one who said that I am a Paul. Neither do I see that one who says that I am a Cephas. But what I see is brethren with the name Jesus. What I see is brothers and sisters that belong to the same family of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. When we die, Jesus lives. I said, when we die, Jesus lives. When we die, Jesus lives. And when Jesus lives, we are brethren. One of the many things. This is what the Lord spoke to my heart. So I'm just giving you what he said. One of the many things that will keep our young people from self-destruction and backsliding is an altar built unto the sole purpose of, of getting to know God. Not, oh my God, hear me.
John 17 and verse 3 is Jesus' prayer. And his prayer was that we might know the only true God. Philippians 3.10 says, Oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto death. It's time enough for young people to get to know their God. I'm racing quickly. Hear me out. At the altar, the flesh dies. At the altar, selfish motives die. And God's intent for the church as a united front against the wiles of the enemy is exalted. According to Joshua chapter 22, verses 11 to 12, the western tribe felt that the law of Moses was violated and so they decided we are going to war you know what we need in these 24 hours and in these last days that we're living in we need more of God's people that will war in the spirit for weaker brethren I'm only telling you what God gave me to preach. He says we need more of his people that will war in the spirit for weaker brethren. We need more of God's men to prayerfully and lovingly approach weaker or slipping brethren to encourage them to continue in the straight and narrow path of truth and not to trade in truth for worldly acceptance. First Chronicles 16 and verse 22. The Bible says, touch not the Lord's anointed and do his prophets no harm. Usually, our first inclination is to ostracize them, verbally whip them, then anathematize them. Hallelujah. Come on. But this is what the Lord put on my heart. He says, don't beat up upon them because their standard of holiness is lower than yours. He says, but pray for them, love them, reach for them. He says, when we do this, we do well in building God's kingdom. I'm hurrying to close. The western tribes had such a strong response to the altar in Joshua 22 and verse 10. Because of the command in Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 12 to 16. They, they, under the western side, they suspected now that, that the act of my brethren is idolatry. So, they thought, well, let us inquire. The Lord spoke to my heart. He says, before you judge anything, inquire. He says, before you lift up your voice to cast any form of judgment, he says, inquire as to the reason why that altar is built. 
I'm asking you, they built an altar so that they can stay connected. I'm asking us in this last hours, what altars have we built as a testimony that we are of God? What altars have we built that serve as a testimony that we belong to the faith, that we belong to the body of believers who have robed themselves in white and waiting for the soon coming of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ? Well, thank you for the rousing response. I thought that every time we mentioned the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that every saint will be on their feet, jumping and screaming and saying, even so, Lord, come quickly. Hear this preacher. The coming of the Lord is not a threat to the church of the... We ought to be praying, even so, Lord, come quickly. Even so, Lord, come quickly. We're not getting ready. We are ready for their parents in the eastern sky. As the brethren said, he says, come and inspect what I'm doing. And you determine if it is of God or not. He said, in fact, if it's not of God, let God judge us himself. If you want to check on the integrity of our altar, you just back away. And if we are unfaithful, or if we're doing this for burnt offering, or for meal of a peace offering, or anything other than as a witness, let God judge us himself. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he says, he says, if my people really love me, he says, they wouldn't need rules to serve me. If you are a lover of God, you will live righteously. You will not need a set of rules to live by because your ultimate goal is to please God and to hear him say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter in to the joy of my rest. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm winding down like the altars built by the Reuben clan. Hallelujah and glad and the half tribe of Manasseh. And keeping the word of God close to my heart. The Bible describes to me what an altar should look like. And my God, if we deviate from the plan, we've got problems. Give me one of those chairs, por favor, quickly. Thank you. Everybody has to have an altar. Every child of God must have an altar. Every preacher must have an altar. Every missionary must have an altar. A place where we connect with God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something about that altar. I'll tell you something about it. He said, my my altar, it keeps me seeing what the natural eye cannot see. 
This altar enhances spiritual vision. And other altars is going to make us blind. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. At this altar, pretense comes face to face with truth. At that altar, darkness is exposed. And light takes up residence. At that altar, the new man is being formed. The Lord began to speak to my heart the more. He says, what should connect us in these last days is an altar. We've got so many things keeping us from being connected. But he said, he said to me, the one thing that should connect my people in these last days is an altar. Because in the last days, we should be showing our best works, not our worst. God help me here, Jesus. When the altar becomes a place where you stake your tent, hear me church, you will not bring any accursed thing like alcohol, fornication, adultery, television and its promotion of ungodly lifestyle, drugs, sexual perversion. You will not bring such thing into your church family. God help me here. Come on. If we do those things, it will anger God. Hallelujah. It will hinder the spiritual progress and development of your church, your home, and yourself. If you begin to let sin in, it will alter what you look like in the eyes of God, your church, and your family. Somebody needs to hear what I'm going to say from here on in. Sin will silence your praise. Sin will profane your altar. Sin takes the spirit out of worship and replace it with just talent. My God, God didn't anoint us with talent. He anointed us with the Holy Ghost. The word holy means being like him. Kadesh, being like God. Being holy like God. Being serene like God. Being pure like God. Being what my God is. Close with this chapter, a verse. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 20 to 29. You can remain standing. Therefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The Bible says, for God is a consuming fire. In reference to his being, he is a spirit. John 4.24 tells us that. In reference to his anger being poured out, like in Genesis chapter 19, he is a consuming fire. 
This is our moment. This is our day. This is our moment to step into this kind. Sister Mayor, please come. Where you at? Please come. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to do something what the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, you make sure you do this. He says, I will honor those that honor me. Can you, can you please come and stand next to your husband? Thank you so much. And I was just praying that the Lord interject everything. And he says, you're going to do exactly what I said. I said, okay, God, I'm not going to argue with you. And he says, say to my servants. I'm going to read it because this is what God said to say to both of you. He says, you are highly favored in heaven. And as I begin to pray for this meeting, it's as if the Lord God lift me up. And I found myself, I was standing in the outside of this yard, of the, of the pavement out there. And I look up and I saw a comet was moving across the sky, right across there. And with that, let me read exact so I don't forget it. He says, at the tip of the fire was a sword. And along with the, 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 the writings upon the sword, it was Cornerstone Church. And they were leading a mighty charge. And he said, this is what God said. He says, say this to them. He says, and thou art Rick Mayo unto thee. Come, give it to me. Glory to God. Glory to God. He says, unto thee have I given the keys to the kingdom of the Northwest. said he said because you know who I am and he said he says thou art not shaken with the waves of men's fluctuating opinions concerning me he says but you you are established in the present truth he says and I am giving you spiritual authority in the northwest
He says, like some of my disciples who did not know who I am. He says, so are some of my people. He says, but you are not like that. He says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2, he said, enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine inhabitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. And then he said, give a message to the church. And the message to this church is, obey this man and woman that I have set before you. Prayer is going to link all of our weapons and all of our armor together. I said prayer is going to pull all those armors together. Glory to God. We got the helmet of salvation. We got the breastplate of righteousness. We got our loins girded with truth. We got our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We got a sword in our hands. And we got the shield of faith that's going to quench every fiery dart of the wicked. But hear me carefully. All that armor is no good if you don't use it. Glory to God. But prayer is going to link those armor together. And it's going to tie them together. Come here, please. Come, Brother Tally. Come, please. Come quickly. Brother Bass, come quickly. These men are going to pray for you. Because the authority that God has just unleashed upon this couple, with it, also going to come trials. But I'm saying to this church, Get behind your pastor. Don't give him any problems. Work with him. Pray with him. Support him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Men of God, can you please pray for this precious couple? And can you please stretch forth your hand and begin to pray for them in the name of Jesus. Jesus.